Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all-around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Galati, every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. Our goal here is to raise your health IQ one listener at a time. We've been here 17 years, and we have made a lot of people brighter. I'd like to thank better, better patients out of the doctor's office. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. Find out about all that we do if you want to see me as a patient. That information is there if you want to pick up our book, Eating, I got a copy here, Eating Yourself Sick, you could do that there as well. All right, well, it is a great honor to have Dr. Mike Wilson in the studio tonight. Mike is a very well-respected cardiologist in the famed Texas Medical Center where we both uh, have been working for quite a while. Mike, welcome to the program tonight. Joe, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, um, the the topic that sort of tipped me off to give you a call was an article in the, the New England Journal of Medicine that the title is Alcohol Abstinence in Drinkers and Atrial Fibrillation. Now, atrial fibrillation, and you could certainly elaborate on it, 33 million people world worldwide, and... Um, Creates a lot of injury and disease for people, uh, and alcohol as a potential role in in some of these patients. So I figured, yes, we could talk about that, but the bigger picture of atrial fibrillation. So what if you could just start off there? What is atrial fibrillation? Great. Yes. So uh, it, as we age, as as you know, uh, many things change, and your heart. Uh, has an electrical system that uh-huh. keeps it going. Right. Um, that system keeps things regular and evenly paced and uh, in response to what your body's needs are. The top chambers generally run the show. Mm-hmm. And when the top chambers lose their way, uh, essentially the band leader for the heart stops doing his job and it becomes chaos. So right. there's crowd noise in one chamber of the heart which leads to a chaotic heartbeat, uh-huh. which can feel irregular and uncomfortable. And robbing the heart of its efficiency can make you feel tired and uh, generally out of sorts. It is, uh, it's a very common rhythm. Fortunately, it's very rarely fatal, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but it is an immensely uh, or a growing problem, especially as the population ages and gains weight. Right. That is, I think, the combo, getting older and gaining weight. Now, with that said, who is it that's, that you're seeing that's coming in with, with AFib? That's a great question because 
when we say atrial fibrillation, it's a big bucket, right. but there's more than one cause. So there are professional athletes who develop atrial fibrillation mm-hmm. because of the changes in an athlete's heart. But there are people who have disease of the heart valves who develop atrial fibrillation because of their valvular heart disease. Mm-hmm. The one that's out there and the thing that's growing and that you mentioned earlier that's reaching epidemic proportions is that that goes along with excess body weight, high blood pressure, and generally a lifetime of inactivity. Right. Yeah. Well, that that is is what we are all about. You know, I have here as a question, why should we care? Why, you know, for either for us or the folks listening tonight, why should they be concerned if it is them? But more importantly, I think you need to speak to the people that are at risk for getting AFib. You may not have it tonight, but next month, next year, two years from now. It's a, That's a, another great point because... Uh, while you're 35 and 40 years old and maybe you're not exercising, maybe your weight's a little excessive and you think, well, I've still got time. Right. I've still got time. After you hit 50, 55, it's going to get a lot harder to change. Once you hit 65, the chances of atrial fibrillation start to go up Mm -hmm. almost exponentially. So that when you're over 65, 65, 75 years of age, almost a third of us are going to have troubles with atrial fibrillation. Right. And the time to address it is when you're younger. Right. Get rid of the risk factors. Get rid of the risk. And the reason it's important, the main reason it's important is because atrial fibrillation is a major source of stroke. Right. Right. And, you know, I and you're seeing these types of patients more regularly than than I am. But when you say that to somebody, to say, Bob, you may be at risk for stroke, do people say, oh, okay. Oh, okay, thanks, Dr. Wilson. And when do I need to come back again? Or are they really having a meltdown in the office to say, stroke, paralyzed, can't speak, can't play golf, in bed the rest of my life? Does that alarm go off? Well, the can't play golf part would be a, a major impediment. Right. It it, uh, it greatly depends on the person. Some people will have a family history, so they know what the mm-hmm. sequelae are and right. are deathly afraid of it. Uh, those who don't have that family history and who may not have symptoms, those are the people at greatest risk because right. they can't feel what's happening. Right. And they can't see their risk. They can't see that I have high blood pressure, I'm over a certain age, and once I add up some of these risk factors for stroke when I throw atrial fibrillation on top of it, my yearly risk goes to about 4 or 5%, and that's pretty significant. Do you find do you find that patients are walking around with symptoms, red flags that are going off and they were ignored or or just not appreciated? Well, With atrial fibrillation, the symptoms can be pretty subtle. Uh, About a third of us can develop atrial fibrillation and really not feel it. Now, Mm -hmm. that's generally people who are a little older and relatively inactive. Younger people tend to feel it. They notice the heart racing and the fatigue and maybe I can't breathe. Right. But in older people, it is possible to say, you know, I just had a bad day. Mm -hmm. I was just tired. I rested that day and the next day I felt better. Because atrial fibrillation comes and goes. Yeah. You can have it for a few hours, and it goes away. Yeah. 
You know, one one thing that I stress not only with with my own patients, but for everybody on the radio here is is being able to listen to your body. And I think something like atrial fibrillation is one of those conditions where people may come in and say, oh, I was having palpitations, but I drank too much coffee. Uh, I'm under stress and my kids move back in. Do you hear that much? It's a it's a it's a very common conversation is that uh, I came in because of these symptoms, but uh, because no one wants to have an illness. Right. They want to try to explain away. And it's just like you said, you know, I did I did have that third cup of coffee that day. That's right. Uh, the best thing to do, though, is if you've got symptoms that have brought it to your own attention. Get it looked at. Go see your doctor. All right. We're going to take a break. I'm Dr. Joe Galati sitting here with Dr. Mike Wilson. Now, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Final segment to this week's Your Health First. Don't forget, go to our website, drjoegalati.com. All of our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, everything. All of our connections are there. All right, so Dr. Mike Wilson, cardiologist. Um, we were talking about atrial fibrillation and what are the diagnostic tests that one would go through and then the intervention? Go. Well, how do I know if I've got it? Right. No, number one, if you feel it, go somewhere where somebody can record your heart rhythm. Uh, if you're unable to get there in time, as it sometimes does go away, the doctor will give you a monitor that you can wear for days, weeks, right. sometimes longer. There are implantable monitors. But in today's world, also, your smartphone is capable of doing a mini EKG and diagnosing atrial fibrillation uh, very effectively. Once you find it, then the question becomes what to do with it. And that is a complicated issue where you've got to sit down and go through all of your background with your doc and say, what's my stroke risk? How much does this bother me? Do I really want medicines? Do I want to mess with procedures and these sort of things? There are a lot of options to right. get rid of the rhythm. And a lot of options to protect you, and it gets fairly complicated. Yeah, would you? How much is going to fall under lifestyle alone, lifestyle and medicine, or lifestyle, medicine, and the more invasive type procedures? Good question. When it first starts, first recognize you've still got some ability to control this. That's where lifestyle really comes in, because if you can address your underlying risk factor, you can cut down the atrial fibrillation. The article that you brought up at the beginning, uh, you may notice that right. the, the people who stopped drinking had a substantial reduction right. in atrial fibrillation. Right. So even people who don't think they have a drinking problem, when they stop drinking, the effect is, is as effective as most of the medicines we use. Yeah. So lifestyle is a big part of it. Later medicines to control your symptoms and to control your stroke risk and at the end of the line, there are some of us who just are miserable and no drugs, nothing works. And there are procedures that specialists can do to try to get rid of the rhythm. Yeah. Changing topics, but staying within the heart. Really, two, two, two questions in the last minute or so. What, what would you say is the breakthrough in cardiology for everybody to be looking for? What's that next big turn for everybody? Well, the... the the next big turn with respect to 
being able to do something about uh, the aging part of the heart uh, is arriving almost as we speak. This new ability to change the aortic valve without having to do a major operation is a huge advance for aging population. This is a really big deal. Yeah, that's a game changer. That's a game changer. And the ability to really manipulate your metabolism, it it still needs to be lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, and eat less. But to be able to manipulate your cholesterol metabolism effectively is going to have a huge impact long-term on who gets valve disease and who gets heart attack. Yeah. Last question, and we have like 15 seconds. Wine and heart disease. Wine and heart disease. And I'll have to invite you back, but what, what, you know, people are on the edge of their seat now. Go with the lifestyle, the Greek lifestyle, skip the wine. Yeah, exactly. Walk more. Walk more. Eat good, lean food, more fruits and vegetables, olive oil, olives, spinach. Fresh produce, not processed food, eat less and exercise, and skip the booze. Uh, Exactly. All right, we're going to be back next Sunday evening, of course, at 7 o'clock. Thank you to Dr. Mike Wilson. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.